1: And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today?
2: Well, Lloyd, today our show is about some very interesting things. We're going to talk a little bit about mobile apps, and then we're also going to talk about net neutrality. And I read this wonderful article in the Daily Journal by John Stevens, and I thought, well, we have to get him on the show, and he has a wonderful background, so let me tell you a little bit about John, and I have his article right in front of me here. Um, John Stevens is a partner at Sedwick LLP, a law firm in Los Angeles, and his practice is... Based on media and entertainment litigation, intellectual property, licensing and transactions, and specialty insurance coverage and litigation. John handles matters for a diverse client base and his entertainment and media clients include media entities, magazines, television and radio stations, production companies, entertainment technology companies, computer technologies, online content and software providers and more. And he... Um, he counsels clients on protecting intellectual property rights, which is a huge issue now with the Internet. And he handles intellectual property transactions such as software licenses, product licenses, uh, right-sharing agreements, and merchandising, and branding deals. And he is very astute in some of these important privacy issues that we're going to talk about with regard to mobile apps and net neutrality. So, John, thanks for joining us from Los Angeles.
0: Oh, thank you for having me, Mari. It's a pleasure to be on your show.
2: Well, I really enjoyed your articles, and I thought this would be fun to talk about. Let's talk a little bit about mobile apps, because here we are sitting on the campus of the University of California in Irvine. Everybody's using their iPhones and their Androids and all their apps. And of course, even all the business people driving by are doing the same. So what is the concern with mobile apps and the collection of lots of personal data?
0: Well, this recently came to light in a uh, Edward Snowden revelation to the Guardian uh, newspaper uh, recently and what happened was Snowden revealed that both the NSA and the British spy agency were taking advantage of what they call so-called um, leaky apps yeah. and what happens is and everyone's had this experience when you open an app it asks to it gives it asks you for an okay for locating your location and so forth and normally people would say yes and click on that and move on. Well, what that does then is it basically opens up your phone and opens up whatever the app is going to. For example, the Facebook app opens that up to anyone else who wants to siphon off that information. What I mean by that is, um, I'll give you an example, and this is the example used in the article. They called it the golden nugget. And the reason why they called it that is because that's what the NSA considered to be the highest or best uh, possible scenario. For for getting information from a user that opened an app such as a Facebook app and uploaded a photograph or an image, um, which people do—they take a picture and they upload it to Facebook. Um, problem is, there's not only metadata associated with that that's being transmitted, which the NSA can siphon off, which would give information such as geolocation, um, but also <laughs> it would open up whatever. Information you have on your Facebook page to the NSA, so not only does the NSA know where you are and when you're there um, but also and what you're doing basically but also your age uh, gender, uh, your status, your buddy list, uh, your contacts, um, all the information you would want not to have uh, the government or anyone else to get a hold of you're basically opening it up without even knowing it and and, and the problem comes in that these app developers have these uh, built in openings into the apps uh, for different reasons, but they're not giving the consumer adequate notice that the privacy, their privacy is being breached.
2: Exactly. So, so what should these developers, and some people are, are developers right in their garage. I mean, there might be people listening in right now that are developers. So what are some things that these developers should be doing to protect our privacy and to really protect the integrity of, of what they're doing?
0: Well, what they should be doing is not having... Uh, that data uh, collected and then available. But the reason why they do it is because there's a financial gain. In other words, they sell that information. They gather that information and they sell it. They claim when they develop these apps that they need that information to uh, work out bugs and make apps better. But the reality is they're just making money off of selling your information when you're using the apps. And, and, And the problem is that they're not giving you notice that they're obtaining that information.
2: Right, and you know, people think, "Oh, this is so cool. This is free." Well, there is no free lunch, right? I mean, exactly. obviously, the reason that they're developing is they they want to make a living off of it, and they have to make it some way. So, you know, people just automatically give a lot of that information. So, for example, they they ask for more information that they really that they really don't need, right? Correct,
0: now, exactly. And and you hit the nail on the head that. There is no free lunch. I mean, you think either an app is free or it's 99 cents, what a great deal, and I get to use it. But the problem is every time you have that, op- that app open, you're giving away your private information, such as your location, your, um, your stats, uh, you know, any of your contacts, that sort of thing. It's just open for anyone else to, I, I, I call it siphoning up, but anyone else to just you know, glom onto and gather
2: Yes, yeah, so it can be sold, basically acquired by the government, which we've already seen, and it can also be sold to other companies, and then you open yourself to other companies or even to people who might stalk you or something. So it's, it's really right. m- more uh, invasive than you might think. I know um, Obama had come out with some privacy protections, but there really wasn't anything that was going to uh, deal with this issue, was it, in terms of the NSA?
0: No, I didn't see anything specifically other than uh, efforts to try and keep the information from falling into the wrong hands. But what does that mean, right? I mean, <laughs> what, what, who determines what the wrong hands are, especially if you don't know where that information is stored or, or what that information is? Right. So, so it's kind of it's lip service, really, to the issue. There's no, there aren't currently any laws in place that uh, address this issue uh, square on or, or head on. I know California Constitution has a privacy Clause, yeah, yes. which could be utilized, um, but you know, a lot in a lot of instances, the government, especially the federal government, takes precedent, especially when they will, you know, utilize, uh, you know, a national risk as a justification for doing something that they're doing, which is what the government's been doing lately with respect to uh, terrorism and, and issues of safety and health and so forth.
2: So we really need to be looking at their privacy policies and look for that before we. Absolutely, you know, download some of these apps to see what's really happening. I mean, if you don't care and you, you know, you don't realize, I think a lot of people don't realize what they're subjecting themselves to when they share other information. And I think that's what's um, a little bit scary until something terrible happens that they become a victim of identity theft or they have some other kind of privacy invasion or something happens. They just pretty much are so excited to download this really cool app that they don't take the time to even look at what is going to be done with their personal information, right?
0: Correct. And I think it takes a grassroots effort to this point where more people are educated as to this issue to, you know, lobby or push politicians to enact laws to address these issues. Because right now it's, sort of like the Wild West in terms of the way this is proceeding. I mean, these app developers, like I said, are gathering information and they're selling it, and that's why you have a lot of instances where, you know, you'll be shopping in a store and you'll get um, geotag advertising, specific advertising to you where you're at and, and what you're looking at even. And they'll do that even in department stores now. Right. Uh, so, so that gives you a clue as to someone, you know, looking over your shoulder as to what you're doing and your, and your behavior patterns, your shopping patterns, all of that.
2: Yes, it's like Minority Report already is here, right? Remember that movie?
0: Yes, I do. I do, (laughs) exactly. That's that's, uh, spot on. Um, I mean, really, all all people can do at this point is either, you know, make sure their apps are closed when they want them to be closed or just be very careful as to what information is transmitted and when, Um, especially if if the person is specifically concerned about privacy as far as what he or she is doing at any specific time or at any specific location.
2: Right, right. Yeah, I turn off that location uh, s- software on my, on my phone whenever I'm not using it. Yeah, Correct. but, but Correct. you know, but, of course, you've got these cell towers, you know, that tell you where you are. You know what I mean? They will,
0: and that's permanent, too. That data is permanent. That's the other thing about the Internet is all this information that goes out into the Internet is permanent,
2: yeah. whether it's
0: something you post Some, you know, some even even a text conversation, you think it goes away, but it doesn't. It's all contained in metadata and it's all contained uh, somewhere, you know, it's stored somewhere at some point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, people just do these things because it's easy. It's fast. And again, the ramifications are not really that apparent to most people until something terrible happens. Exactly. And, and, then, and then they're kind of stuck and go, oh, my God, look at this. So.
0: Right, right. And, and a lot of people don't care, or they'll say they don't care. But, you know, you make a good point, and that's until something happens. And it's, it could be something that people don't even consider right now, where it could just be at once, where uh, people are put at a disadvantage. Something could happen overnight. And, you know, if, if people don't take action to address this issue before it gets out of hand, then it might be too late.
2: Right, right. I mean even things like taking pictures, you know, and especially when people are doing their sexting, you know, all this is it can ah. be readily available. So, you know, people yes. think about that and then of course then we've got this all the craziness of revenge porn later even. Yes. So, you know, again, it's it's not until something terrible happens that that people wake up and say, "Oh my gosh, this this is why I have this show because people don't really think about these things until it's too late."
0: Right, and there there are lots of stories of people who um, I recently went to a conference in the Midwest on media law and one of the panels talked about what you just said, revenge porn and things like that postings. and there was a story of a woman who uh, she had gone and got her degree in education and she got a great job as a new teacher. And before she started work, they found a posting of her um, you know years before and she was at a party and she was drinking beer out of a shoe and she had like a party hat on her head and she was dressed kind of scannily and they did not hire her and they said the reason why because that is not befitting the image of what we want a teacher to be and what recourse does she have right and right. she didn't even know that photograph was posted out there she had no idea it was just someone found it and brought it to the attention of her future employer yeah she did she didn't post it herself someone else did
2: yeah so we, are, we really are in the yeah we, we never know who's taking a picture of us what you know wherever we are or, or a picture that they could even do Adobe Photoshop to, you know? Yeah, I mean, good. all you have to do is play with your phone and you can make things look very different. So. Um, right,
0: right, exactly. And, you know, there's even new software now that can identify, uh, you know, can scan the photo and identify and find a source where it's posted on a web or a page or something like that. Yeah. There's facial recognition technology that's coming out that's mm-hmm. going to be a big deal, uh, all that stuff.
2: I know. It is. This is. You know. I've been doing this show for eight years, and it just. It just gets more and more complex. And for right. me, it gets even scarier. So you know. I just. Does, the the more is, this yeah. stuff comes up, I'm just like. I'm so glad that I can at least share this information with people who want to listen in and at least be conscious. So as consumers, the only thing we can do is try and read these privacy policies and and not download. You know, I I have a Windows phone, so I'm kind of limited as to what I can download anyway. And my husband has it, too, so that I always said, if you know, if anything happens, Lloyd, I can use your phone, you know, because if I have something that I can't use your phone, if you fall down and hurt yourself I need to be able to use your phone so he always gets mad that we have these windows phones he says I want an iphone or I want to have all these other phones that I can do all these things and frankly I'm glad that I don't have that many apps even even my flashlight app though you know wants to know where I am and I, wouldn't, I know I wouldn't I know. tell I know.
0: Him. all of it yeah they do
2: it's what do they need that for you know it's crazy.
0: So they, yeah, so they can gather information and sell it and make money that way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really. I mean, they're really they're claiming that you know they need to perfect the algorithm and uh, see if it's you know doesn't work in the most ideal circumstances or what have you, and that's the excuse. But and they're not held accountable. There aren't any laws that specifically address this, at least not yet. And you know, I liken we're in the information age, and I liken this to any other time that you know industry has changed and the laws yes. are trying to catch up with. Yeah. Um you know, it, emerging issues. It, yes. The law's not ahead of it. The law's always behind.
2: Yeah. It it is. It's um, you know, you got everything from First Amendment rights to oh my gosh, it's you know, how do you how do you sort all this out? Absolutely. Well, let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk about what is net neutrality.
0: Ah, uh, good good topic. Um you know, it's interesting. Net neutrality, a lot of people either are for it or against it, but they don't necessarily know what it is. Right. So, <laughs> so and, I, and I say that a little facetiously. You're but, right. But, but it is basically what it sounds like. It's not having any um, disparity or preference or any kind of favoritism for either use of the Internet or access to the Internet um, or delivering services on the Internet. And And the best way to describe this is to... Think of it like giving a person an advantage or a company an advantage over others based upon pay. And I'm not talking about whether you buy buying a DSL line or a T1 line. I'm talking about literally buying the same service, but getting favoritism as to either the delivery of your website or um, access to so mm-hmm. either side. And right now, the big issue that has come down is that for many years, the FTC had rules in place that allowed for... the the stability, and the maintenance of net neutrality, which is what it's been since its founding, which is why you can go on the web and you can get access to different websites and, you know, whatever, like I said, whatever your um, whatever your service is, whether it's DSL or whatever, it's going to be the same in terms of the level of access. Well, recently there was a case, um, it was a circuit court case that said that the FCC uh, can regulate, but it was doing it in the wrong way. In other words, they categorized these service providers the wrong way. So they need to basically go back to the drawing board and these net neutrality rules they have in place are no good right now. Mm. So big companies like Verizon and other providers are salivating because they want to um, jump on this now and they want to give preferential treatment to certain companies like Netflix is a big example. So they'll give them faster uh, speed Mm. service to different um, customers. Or the other thing with net neutrality is these uh, service providers could limit access to certain ah. websites, and huh. all of it can be done for pay.
2: Right. So it's really then the people who would be able to use the, the web would be p- wealthier people or bigger corporations would have better access than, than maybe smaller companies, right?
0: Right. Exactly. That's exactly right. And so the losers would be small businesses that are trying to compete with large businesses because the larger businesses would be able to pay for faster, what they call faster lanes on the Internet.
2: Right. And
0: um, consumers as well because consumers could be faced with less choices, less access because they might have to pay for right. different, different services or different websites based just like they do now for cable where you buy different channels. Right. Um, and or um, they might end up in the slow lane just by virtue of the fact that they're not as wealthy and they don't have as much uh, in the way of resources.
2: Wow. So the, so the big companies then, you know, and I would think the cable companies are all against net neutrality, right? Is that right? They
0: are. They are. And um, the current, it's funny because the current chairman uh, was, I think, a former, either worked in the cable industry or was a lobbyist wow. in the cable industry. So he, <laughs> he kind of has a, a, a dog in the hunt or a race or whatever. You're right. Um, and his, most recent response to the, the case I talked about earlier was not to appeal it, which would take it to the Supreme Court, but rather go back to the drawing board. and what he's proposing, and they haven't announced it yet, I think it comes out. Um, soon.: Soon. Um, so look for that. look for that in the news. Yeah. But um, what they're proposing is basically to give everybody a base so that everybody's equal at the base, but do allow for this, what I talked about, these faster lanes,
2: mm. which
0: isn't net neutrality. No, <laughs> it's not the definition not. of net neutrality. Um so it's, inter- it's it's an evolving issue so I encourage everyone out there to check the news, look at the newspaper, go online since right now it is neutral and um and check out this issue because it's it's brewing and it's important.
2: Now who's who's out there supporting net neutrality? I mean is it just consumer uh, d- groups or or who is it?
0: It is it's small businesses and it's um you know consumers that basically don't want to end up paying more. For access, because the way it would work is, um, yes, they would pay a certain amount of money for access, but if certain companies, again, I use the Netflix example, are able to pay more for faster service to these consumers, mm-hmm. they're going to turn around and charge the consumers more money. So ultimately, the consumers are going to pay either way, um, either have to ch- ch- uh, pay more money for access, or they're going to pay more for different websites that they
2: um,
0: mm. sign up for, which will come to them faster.
2: What about other com- countries? I mean, is is net neutrality kind of all over the world? I mean, except for I would think Russia and, and China, they they suppress websites that they want to suppress, but but basically, like the European Union, is it is it net neutrality there?
0: Yeah, you know, it's recently that issues come up in Europe as well, and they're dealing with it in the same way. They're dealing with these issues um, sort of the same as we are. It's an evolving thing for them, and um, it really depends on. Uh, you know, what what day of the month it is as far as where they're at. But right now they are holding firm to a, uh, a net neutral model. Um, they want to preserve that. And and it's funny that you mentioned the European Union because we were talking about privacy before and they have much more stringent privacy laws in yes. Europe than we do in the United States. And one of the things that people look for is uh, hope that, you know, with globalization that the United States would at least come in line with Europe as far as privacy laws. And that's, right. Well, and, you know, big effective. companies
2: have to honor the European Union and, and you know, they have to honor the, the, the opt-in regime that, um, that the European Union has, but we have opt-out. So, I mean, right yeah. now they are, they are honoring, they have to, if they want to do business with um, the, the Europeans, they have to do that. So, yeah, right. I wish that, uh, that we would have more of the protections that they have there as well.
0: Yeah, and, and and going back to net neutrality, I know, like I said, it is a, recent, a very recent issue for them, and they are pushing very hard and firm to stay net neutral. And you know, I should hope that we as a country should follow that example. Um, and it remains to be seen how this is going to play out. Um, the FCC could go back to the drawing board and recategorize uh, ISPs as. Um, what they call common carriers, like a utility.
2: Oh.
0: And so that's a debate right now you're going to hear about in the news as well, whether or not you want to consider an Internet service provider as a, as a utility, in which case the government should regulate it, like water or telephone mm. or anything else like that, so people have equal access and they control it in terms of what's going on. Um, or is it part of just the free market system and capitalism where companies that invest a lot of money can do whatever they want.
2: (laughs) So what's happening right now with all the ISPs? What are they doing?
0: Um, Well, right now they are, uh, you know, stuck with the framework of net neutral. They haven't moved. It's like a gentleman's agreement. They haven't moved on this issue. I see. They haven't made any changes. I think they're waiting for the next cue from the FCC. So that's why it's important these new rules that are being proposed by the FCC to see what exactly they are. And then also what the FCC does is it solicits input for any kind of changes. So there's a, there's a period of time that goes by where the FCC is going to solicit input for the rule changes where the public can respond. So the public is encouraged definitely to... Um, time in on this issue, to give an opinion. The,
2: uh, so this doesn't have to go through Congress or anything. Huh? This is the FCC can make its own rules, and they don't yeah. have, Oh, goodness. The Congress <laughs> gave the
0: FCC power. Congress created the FCC, so it's right. like an arm of, uh, or a branch of, uh, you know, it, it came into being basically by right. Of Congress.
2: Right. So they can make their own rules, and, and, right. and can Congress but, go ahead and... Change the law? Well, I guess they do. They have the right to to make a law and say we're going to have net neutrality, or
0: they or, could. Yeah, they could. They could override, or they could just take away that power. I mean, when the when Congress set up the FCC, they set up certain parameters. They set up certain rules for it to operate by. And this is in the court. The Verizon court already said that this it is within the power of the FCC mm. to regulate. So it's already there. So um, so. What you know? What could happen is Congress could regulate on this issue and basically take that away from the FCC. Mm. But I don't know that Congress right now is you know able to get much of anything done. Yeah. At least it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And but it just does seem like there's a conflict of interest where the head of the FCC was was um, part of the the cable network before. I mean that just uh, that just does the smacks of Cronyism yeah. to me, but yes, yeah, it's, it's yeah, really I, hard.
0: I, I'm being real careful not to express no, too many of my own personal opinions. I'm trying, yeah. be, I'm trying to be, trying to be somewhat, <laughs> somewhat. Um,
2: yeah, but that unbiased. Right. But there is a, you know, an appearance of impropriety there at least. I mean, that people have to question.
0: That's an issue. Yeah, it's not even. Um, accusing anyone or anything yeah. of acting improperly. It's the appearance of impropriety.
2: Right, right. So here we are, you know, in a free marketplace. So, so you know, how does that go with our, like, capitalism? You know, how, how, why should we regulate so heavily if we've got this free marketplace? I guess that's the other side of the coin, right?
0: Well, yeah, and, you know, I mean, we don't have a pure capitalist system. I mean, there's Always going to be regulation. It's just inevitable. It has to be because otherwise, I mean, look at all the regulations we have now to protect people. Right. Um, things in dealing with the environment, the workplace. Even when you go to a store, um, and and the way that works is the government can impose rules and regulations for the health and safety of the public. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so regulation to, you know, keep the internet open would fall within that, that rubric would fall within that concept that, you know, you're regulating for the health and safety of the public. I mean, you could give the most extreme example, somebody trying to get a hold of an emergency uh, vehicle or something like that by virtue of, uh, you know, either voice over IP or an internet connection and, and they're, <laughs> they're denied access. And right. so, I mean, you, you could, you could make these arguments, it's possible uh, for regulation mm-hmm. if, if necessary. So, so you're always going to have regulation and in our system. It's not pure capitalism. So the question then is, you know, where's the balance? Where do you go? Do you go more towards extreme of free market and, and less regulation, or do you have a certain amount of regulation, or do you have heavy regulation? So that's mm. the way you have to view this as sort of a, uh, you know, a spectrum.
2: I can't even imagine what it would be like where we, where we didn't have net neutrality, you know what I mean? I just, you know, like everybody's on their cell phones and they can look up anything on the internet. You know, you're sitting at dinner and you say, gee, I wonder, I wonder who that guy is, you know, that was in that show. And then you look it up in two seconds, right? Yeah. I just wonder, how, you know, right. I mean, you can have your cell phone on you and, and it isn't like you have to go find an encyclopedia or wait till you get home. You got it right there. And I wonder how that would change.
0: I think it would be really frustrating. Um, I had a, I have a weird example that may or may not even apply to this, but, you know, last night it was out and about, and, um, you know, I have, I have an iPhone, and uh, I have Google as my setting for my search engine. Right. And for some reason last night, because I do the same thing, I'm out, I think of something, I want to look it up right. all the time, and for some reason every time I opened up the search uh, app, the engine, yeah. uh, Safari, it would go to Bing, and it was really frustrating <laughs> Because I don't like Bing, and I'm not—I'm not saying it's bad. I just—I prefer Google because I'm used to it. Right. And I couldn't figure out why that was happening, why that changed. And so finally, I looked in my settings, and somehow it had changed, and I didn't change it, and I don't get that. But, but my point is this: it would be—it was very frustrating to me to have to go through that process because I wasn't able to find things the way I normally do. Yes. And it seemed like it was actually slower. So I think that would be the. That would be a view of what the world would be like. You would be limited. You would be sent in a certain, you know, either a certain search engine or a certain set of websites. It might cost you more money.
2: Yeah. So and it would then, be frustrating. It, Yeah, it would be, I mean, now, I mean, any kid who has an iPhone, right, and they can pay for it and yeah. they can work after school or something, they have equal access to all this wonderful knowledge, right, right. And, and education. Yeah. And that would just really change because it would be more expensive. It would be the people who have the money that that have access Correct. to that information so Correct. i think it would be like, terrible
0: like if you did a search and no matter what the search engine and certain different options came up for websites to go to for bits of information let's say you go to one and it takes forever to open and you go to the other one and it opens right away yeah. what well, in this world that we're talking about with that net, without net neutrality the one that took forever to open let's say it's a small mom and pop shop that are selling something they'd lose they out they don't have the money to pay for the fast lane Right. But the other one that opens right away, it's yep. the fast lane and they paid for it and it's a big company. Well
2: it's just how not, is
0: that fair, right?
2: It isn't fair.
0: It's not fair. Well
2: d- would you believe that's a perfect way to end? <laughs> because we were just <laughs> right. out of time, John. That was so much fun. So just give your website for your law firm and it's time for us to go.
0: Well what a pleasure it was speaking with you today, Mary, and my Website is www.sdma.com, That's sam David sdma dot com. And once you get in there, just look for me. I'm John Stevens, Stevens with a Ph. And
2: We'll have anytime. you back again. You just yeah, stay in touch.
0: Any, thank you very much. It was a pleasure.
2: Okay, bye-bye.
0: Okay, bye bye.
2: You've been listening to KUCI eighty eight point nine Minerva and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at eight AM right here. And visit our website at kuci.org slash piracy. Thanks.